Let's review the week with Adam Ruzieri, and here's Michelle. Well, welcome to a weekend review. I am here with my friend Adam Ruzieri, our co-host and co as we take on the news of the week. it and report it to you and we share the god story believe me there is a god story in it all hey adam hey michelle great to be with you it's been quite a week indeed and you know what thank god that there's a god story because sometimes these 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 things that take place are just so they're they're head scratchers they they make us carry a little bit of extra weight on our shoulders and we're just like man how do we deal with this how do we come to terms with the things that are that are playing you know in the news so, Michelle, I know we have some crazy stories to cover today. I know we have a lot to unpack. Uh, let's get to it, shall we? All right. Well, today's episode and weekend review is an expose on bullying. Trust me, we understand. As Americans, we're feeling bullied. Uh, we may have something to say or concerns about things that are happening in the world around us. But it, it turns out if you don't walk lockstep, with what's being perpetuated, then you are bullied. You're batted down. You're not allowed to share your views. You're discontinued. You are denied. And that is part of the problem. And we are definitely going to take it on today. No one here will be denied. Denied. <laughs> denied. Oh, I love that. That guy's just, he's, he's, he's just <laughs> the best denier rocks. ever. Oh, he's so good. Big voice guy, Matt Prost, Mr. Denied. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, I mean, nobody likes a bully. You know, we've, we've seen ad campaigns come out that try to raise awareness around bullying. And frankly, a lot of those, once upon a time, were funded by the government, as funny as that is, because now it feels like the American public is being bullied by our governmental institutions. I, I, I can't believe what we experienced this week, um, seeing, frankly, a president indicted and arraigned on a seven-year-old charge that rate frankly it seems to have been kind of elevated from a misdemeanor to a felony but at the same time very hollow charges uh, a lack of evidence kind of uh, charges based around key witness statements that have basically been exposed as also being lies too so you know can you imagine we're just living our lives and then all of a sudden someone doesn't like us and that's that person decides to run for a position as a district attorney and maybe it's because I dated that guy's girlfriend once upon a time. And he's just like, you know what? I hate that Adam guy. Well, I'm going to become district you know. attorney. And then I'm going to just make up a charge and charge him with something just to make his life a little bit more difficult. Michelle, I think that's what we've kind of experienced really with President Trump. We've seen this DA run a campaign to get elected saying, this is the guy. I will find the crime. And Letitia James, the attorney general of the state, did the same thing. And she found nothing on President Trump as an individual. Uh, they did find that, yeah, it was a total failure. They did find that the CFO of the Trump Organization as an individual was committing shame on him. Shame on him. Pay your taxes, bro. But nothing, there was nothing on President Trump. And now DA of New York City, Alvin Bragg, this guy is a political, um, I would say operative. He's not doing his job. He's letting repeat offenders, violent repeat offenders, free every day to go and commit terrible crimes, to murder innocent people in his city because he's so preoccupied with his orange man bad, must find Trump guilty of something syndrome. 
I'm just gonna make that like a, like a, like an ailment, right? That that's that's the term. Must find Trump, orange man, bad. He's guilty of something syndrome. And, and so that's what we're dealing with. We're de- he's be- we're watching this guy be bullied. And guys, this is the concern. This can happen to any one of us. Yeah, and any they, one they of us. If it can happen target. to him, it can happen to me and you. They picked a target that most of us don't care if he's bullied because you know we look at Trump and we go narcissist or you know and and not everybody, but certainly a lot of Americans see what's reported, they hear what Trump says, and they go, yeah, fine, go after him. Uh, not to be balanced. We saw that a lot with Hillary Clinton. You know, it's like, if indict her, indict her. We're okay with that, right? One of the <laughs> reasons why it may have been good that that kind of went away, and so did she, is because of the political unrest in America. No one should be above the law. Absolutely no one. But when you pinpoint somebody, uh, you know, go about it legally. Don't tweak and change the laws or the statute of limitations uh, and, and be unbalanced because when you do you upset a very fragilely uh, put together country that we're in right now you know great That's solid right. base of the u.s but we're fragile right now and horrifically divided but here is what happens when you get all stupid donald trump His campaign has surpassed $4 million after this indictment. So if you would have just let it alone, he would have gone away with Hillary somewhere. They'd be out, you know, in the in the Adirondacks camping and saying, gosh, we could have we could have ruled the world. You imagine away. Hillary is like camping in her white pantsuit. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah, he, he raised $4 million in 24 hours since the indictment. I mean, people are fired up about this because they know that that we're next, right? Like this could happen to all of us. So it's it's great to see really the grassroots, which the, the grassroots are the people that vote. The grassroots are all of us who come together and align around issues and try to fight for what's right. And we're seeing now people coming together and, and really putting their wallet where it counts and saying, all right, well, we have to make sure that we have enough money in our political machine to tee things up for 2024 because, you know, George Soros has a lot of money and so do the, so does the far left. They have a lot of money that they, they all kind of pull together. And the left, you know, they're different. They think kind of like sheep, which means they follow one flag and they support that flag till the end, right? With, with us, libertarians, conservatives, we're independent thinkers. We have more internal disagreements because we all, you know, the whole live and let live thing, man, like there's some truth to that. And so we think and act differently. Our psychographics are different than the way that the left operates. And so when it comes to us trying to win and compete against a very, I would say, aligned force, we, we're, we're kind of bad at that, right? So, you know, now I think it's important that we come together and we rally behind a select group of leaders as we lead ourselves towards the primary, whether it's going to be Trump or DeSantis or, or whoever it might be, Michelle Mendoza, um, we have to make... God help us if we're that bad off. (laughs) But you know what? The reluctant leader is sometimes the best leader, right? That's that's who George Washington was. You're right, because there's at least some humility there. There's some uh, idea that, you know, I'm not ready for this, uh, and there's a reliance on maybe something greater. But when we have a a legislature and a White House filled with narcissism and uh, elitism, man, look where it's gotten us. Not in a good place. 
Not in a good, not in a good place. place at all. And we're seeing so once that. We get, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, once we get past the primaries, guys, we have to stand in line against our chosen candidate. And the thing is, is if we don't do that, we're going to see another Biden-esque White House. Maybe it'll look a little bit more, you know, GQ. Maybe, maybe it's a Biden-esque White House disguised as Gavin Newsom. That would be terrible. Oh. But it could happen. Can you imagine, like, I mean, they would have to be, like, bringing in, like, truckloads of hair gel. (laughs) You would just see, like, this caravan of of hair gel going from California to D.C. And and everybody would be mourning. Well, (laughs) one of the stories that we laid out this week is how there is a mass exodus from California and it's affecting their school system seriously. When you have a public school, you're funded based on how many bodies you have inside, not how well you're doing or how well you're performing or if they can read, write, or do simple math. Uh, You know, maybe pretty soon seeing how they relate to BIPOC issues, that might be an issue, but right now it's based on butts and seats and those butts are being moved to blue states that's a big problem for california for their school funding and it's a big problem for newsom i mean if he were to run for president where do you go we're the last bastion of freedom we're the we're the last uh we're the last i'm sorry they're moving from blue states to to red states i i misquoted that uh but (laughs) we we read your mind though we know what you're saying yeah you knew what i was saying i know what you're saying (laughs) so where do you go we're the last bastion of of freedom in the world you know there's no more places to put your butts the other problem is sometimes they're bringing you're finding that in texas they're bringing their dumb politics with oh, them and it's not working if it well, didn't it's actually work crazy there, it's not working in their new days oh yeah i have so many neighbors that are that are fresh here from california and michelle i kind of imagine you over there in seattle kind of like the alamo back when like texas was still part of mexico <laughs> and it's just like you're like in there and like it's like you're just like kind of like fighting the good fight you're just like i'm not giving up <laughs> i'm not giving <laughs> up <laughs> give me liberty or give me death like, <laughs> That's pretty much it. you know but I, and i'm like over here in texas i'm just like i'll send i'll send reinforcements <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the we, reinforcements are like, I'm not going there. That's yeah, scary. Exactly. And They're like, on the way to Seattle, we're going to get stabbed in San Francisco. Like, just oh, that, that Bob Lee tech executive, you, you know? hear about, dude. So the, sad. Yeah. The, who was, the, do you remember his name? Yeah, his name was Bob Lee. Thank and you. in the office, they would call him Crazy Bob. And this is a guy who, you know, just a young guy, 43 years old. He worked, he worked as a, as I believe a developer for, for Android at one point. And he developed the Cash App. He's the founder of Cash App. He had a board positions with, oh, I think he worked uh, with on Square over there with Jack Dorsey. I mean, he knew all of, he knew and worked with all of the, the big names of, of Silicon Valley. And he moved out of San Francisco recently to Miami because he described the city. Basically, he said that it declined to being a cesspool. And he's got, he's got two young daughters. And he just didn't want to raise his kids in that environment. So he moved to Miami. He was back in San Francisco for a work trip. He extended his trip by one day. And the day that that, that last day basically was his last day. He was stabbed twice at like 2.30 in the morning, out uh, actually outside the Google headquarters over there at a really posh area of San Francisco. And um, he stumbled around the street. Newsflash, and he there's tried no to posh help. area anymore. Because, right, the, exactly. yeah, if you walk the streets well, just so. like here in Seattle. This, well, in this entire block, though, they, the basically the big tech companies were paying private security to, to look after these buildings. 
And despite having private security at almost every building on that street, this guy was stabbed twice. He stumbled down the street, tried to get help from someone who basically denied him help. They drove off and then he died basically on the street. You know, it's just very, very sad. And and that's just the reality of, frankly, cities that are out of touch with what the people need when they when they start to put in power district attorneys who don't want to actually put criminals behind bars and mm-hmm. uphold the law. It's it's really, really sad to see what's going on. But they're they're really letting the, the inmates run the asylum in these kind of places. Well, let's look at how that's playing out real time with the border crisis. Oh, did I say that wrong? Is that uh, on that <laughs> list that we're going to be talking about? I don't know if you're allowed to say crisis. Things that you don't say. Uh, Mayorkas is refusing to call the border, the border surge a crisis. Surge. Yeah, it's a surge. Yeah. It's a situation, guys. It's not a crisis. So (laughs) that would indicate a withdrawal from our mission. But yet, as we're not calling it a crisis, apparently it was a crisis for eight bodies that were found at migrants. These are migrants that were found along the northern border. They were attempting to get into the U.S. uh, illegally, of course. We don't care about them. They don't really matter. I mean, look, dude, I am cool with a lot of people coming into the country. I'm not of one of those that says we can't afford it. We can't. Right. I'm, I'm fine with a surge of good people, a surge of hardworking people, a surge of people, you know, especially from the Southern border when they come with their, with their faith values, they do tend to, I'm sorry to say for you guys tend to be more conservative. So it's biting you in the butt, but these right. are people who oftentimes have a, a, a incredible family and work and faith ethic fine bring them in legally bring them in legally because when you do you protect them and you protect us but this is sad eight bodies along the northern border attempting to illegally immigrate into the u.s so that's that's just what's going on there it's interesting michelle too Nothing to it's, not, it's not a crisis. But you know what? It's it's also people not just from Latin America trying to come here in Central America, but we're getting Chinese nationals coming across the border. We're getting people that are from countries that are at risk for high terrorist threats. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people that are coming through the border right now are so unvetted. And that is the cri- the crisis is going to be this sucks to, to like look at in my crystal ball here. But there's going to be a, a domestic active terrorism that's going to take place not just the the wave of fentanyl coming into our communities right now from china via the border but we're going to have some sort of terrible national i think active terrorism that's going to take place and it's going to be funded by a foreign adversary and i don't know if it's going to happen next year or the next 10 years but it's going to it's going to literally relate back to right now it's going to it's going to it's, it's going to relate back to this moment in time and we're going to ask ourselves, oh, my God, when it happens, we're going to ask ourselves, oh, my gosh, how did this happen? Well, how the heck did 9-11 happen? I mean, we let people into our country that weren't vetted. They went to pilot training classes in our in our country, and then they hijacked some airplanes and, you know, destroyed the lives of, of thousands of Americans. I mean, that's the kind of that's we have to think like that when it comes to choosing who we allow into you know, our country. It's, it's really disturbing, Adam. I love you, brother. But it's disturbing when you do that, when you confuse the matter with facts. It's just really, I just, I don't know what uh, to do with that. I hate facts and logic, you know. I wish I could just, like, I wish it was just, like, pugs and bagel bites, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, if I had no thoughts but pugs and bagel bites, I would sleep better at night. But, in fact, <laughs> I'm sitting here at night and I'm thinking about, like, what's going to happen next. And that's how we should think about everything that, that takes place in our society, right? That's how we protect our kids. Like, if we pass this law, 
if this, then then that, right? If this, then what's going to happen? Right. Um, there's not enough thought behind, you know, a lot of the activities and, and frankly decisions that our lawmakers make, and and that's the <clears throat> bad thing, right? If you if you see some of the legislation that that our lawmakers actually sponsor, and then you ask them specific questions about that legislation, oftentimes you'll find them with big question marks in their eyes. They're just like, uh, but I I, I signed off on oh. that. And that goes to what we talk about every freaking week is your worldview. When your worldview comes to a place where you're going, uh, you're drooling on yourself and you, you don't really know what to say, well, then your worldview breaks down pretty quickly. And maybe it's not a very solid worldview. Right. Just saying. As we talk about bullying this week, we have been bullying the next generation. We have been indoctrinating them and bullying families, parents, into absolute submission and compliance. And I wanted to just talk uh, briefly on an economic level of how that's affecting our country and our kids. So one thing that's been happening, businesses are struggling. They're finding that uh, the young generation, there was never a thing before of ghosting your employer where I just decided I'm not going to go to work anymore. You don't quit. You don't give a two weeks notice. You just don't go. You just don't go. And that's a thing now. It was not a thing in your generation. In my generation, it wasn't a thing. You know, nope. you, you had to man up or woman up and go, I don't want to work here anymore. I'm out, right? right. Um, That's but, right. But now we're seeing that small businesses, not, not just because of that, but for a number of reasons, the economy, for one, are filing for bankruptcy at a record rate. Whatever we're doing is not working. So this is really sad. So in order to save their businesses, this is what bosses are having to do. Bosses want hard workers. They want people who are going to help them stay in business because this is hard economic times. So who are they going to call? No, it's not Ghostbusters, Jenna. (laughs) It is old people. They're hiring old people. (laughs) I don't know who they consider old, but... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, right, it's like, not Gen Z. We'll just say that. Well, and it's not Lemon a lot of, of the millennials. It's a lot of people who are older, the Gen Xers, even the right. boomers. They want to hire these folks because they'll get her done. Well, so I can relate to that, too. You know, so I, I <clears> this was a couple of years ago. I had some hiring problems and it was really just the, the caliber of people that we were hiring. You know, they were either they were fresh out of school. They didn't really understand, like, how to work an eight hour day. Um, you know, and when you have a full-time job, your eight hour day might actually be more like a 10 hour day, depending on what's, what that position is. Right. And so I was like, why, why are we having such a problem here? And then, you know what, then all of a sudden I was like, you know what, we need to hire someone who's a mom. Like we need to hire someone who's a mom. Thank you. Because that woman knows how to work under pressure. She can handle a baby, probably nursing a baby, another kid screaming in the background, something burning on the stove, someone at the front door and she's got it. (laughs) Yeah. We found a mom who, she had four kids and uh, you know, four kids, two of them were, were, were older and two of them were still kind of working their way through middle school. And she got it done, man. I mean, she put in the hours, she put in the time. She she took care of her family. She did not like let go of any obligations. The the point is is the 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 understanding of responsibility and and living up to commitments. Moms can do that. And and obviously I'm generalizing here. I know not every mom is super mom, but but many are. And so, yeah, when it comes to making hiring decisions, I think it's a total mistake to discount 
um, hiring a mom or hiring an older person, someone who has literally jumped into the workforce, gained experience. They've made their own mistakes in the past, right? Maybe they did the no call, no show once upon a time and, and suffer the consequences for it. You hire some some green bean fresh out of school, right? They still have a lot to learn. And and so I think that small businesses right now, and I can relate, it, it, times are hard for small businesses. Joe Biden made things very, very difficult for us. COVID was, we got through COVID. Right now we're dealing with Joe Biden and Joe Biden might be worse than COVID. I think he is. So, <laughs> is yeah, there a mask you know for that? <laughs> I, I could use a face bikini for that, right? So I would just say small businesses, if you're if you're having a hard time hiring, go find a mom and and, and like that will change your world. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So what's happening when we have bullying of the ne- of parents over the next generation and they're indoctrinating? We're seeing a lot of that in trans bullying. Trans right. bullying is a huge thing and there is backlash. Some of it good, some of it weird, but uh, when we talked about the NHL and how they decided to have Pride Night. Now, I was last night. I, you can't see my shirt, but my my shirt is my team, the Kraken, um, the latest NHL team, the 32nd team of, of the league. They won a place in the playoffs, first time in franchise history. I love the name, the Kraken. Prepared. Kraken. <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> and I was there. It was exciting. Last night was Green Night, and it was sponsored by Boeing. They gave everybody seeds they had a really cool looking jersey with green stuff on it um we're there in climate pledge arena while some of the issues concerning green stuff are a little over the top they're making money for certain people they're not always well thought out still it's something that everyone can get behind everybody wants a clean environment everybody whether you're a left-wing you know people don't belong on the planet or if you're a right-wing concern someone who's more of a conservatory let's conserve the planet let's be good stewards we're still playing on the same team Right. We want to clean trash. planet. And so that was a night that everybody enjoyed. We could get behind. We could we could be excited about people are going to go home and plant seeds. It doesn't matter where you go to church, what you identify as, or what your political ideology is, right? It, it was it was all cool. It was all good. But the trans night uh, it's not just about everyone. There's a place for everyone in hockey. Hockey is for everyone. It's it's a slogan. It's not about that. Of course, it's for everyone. No one should be discluded or felt uncom- to made, be made uncomfortable. If they are, earn a place on the team and they're different, then you love them and you love them harder. That's great. There should be no bullying of trans people or anybody else for that matter. But now we're seeing trans bullying. If you don't adhere to every part of their agenda, then, you know, if you say, you know, partner with whoever you want to, love who you want, want, but marriage in, in the church setting, at least, should be between a man and a woman. God set that up. Don't ask me. Talk to him. If I don't believe in mutilating children, if I don't step lock guard, then, well, you're a bigot. That's not okay. Those nights right. are not good. And now we are putting it on the next generation. How about for your little son going to Build-A-Bear? Because now they have a Build-A-Bear has a RuPaul bear. Yeah, I, so this thing's fifty six dollars. 
which is not my first problem with this stupid bear. <laughs> but like, okay, this is insane. So build a bear. I'm gonna just. A, can I just say something? That build please. a bear. That Build-A-Bear right there that you're seeing, if you're watching, if you're not, go to MyMichelleLive.com. That Build-A-Bear with the big fake blonde wig, uh, gender appropriation kind of a thing. I don't care. It's That's a fun, that's a, literally a fun bear, just overpriced. But I bet you that bear doesn't have a penis. I bet that bear does not have a penis. <laughs> Probably a fair. <laughs> so this is a, tr so, okay. So I guess RuPaul is a, not a trans but drag right so this is a drag bear um it's it's um like where do i start michelle i mean like i would never buy a drag queen bear for my child ever like build a bear i know they their customer demographic is obviously children people that can but afford the, it yeah but people that can afford it it's a 56 dollar bear you know i mean once upon a time you might buy a build a bear for like a girlfriend or something like that you know if you're trying to be lovey-dovey sweet but i don't know that a drag queen bear really is mm. on target and frankly for the brand too i just don't know that this really does a lot for the brand unless they're just trying to like you know juice and the drag community for some for some cash real fast you know i mean you've seen th this goes beyond build a bear though too i mean we we just saw bud light put dylan mulvaney on their can you know so now you have a yeah. trans person but, but that's for adults, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Difference. But there's that's things fair. like Drew, RuPaul's Drag Race paper dolls. There's uh, RuPaul's <clears throat> Fisher Price for crying out loud, and even okay, what they're this calling, is crossing the line. What they're calling crossing the line, isn't it? I don't know if I have a picture of it. Drag Queen Barbie. The problem I have with this is, I you know, adults play with now. Uh, haven't grown up. We play with with dolls too. We do the collectibles. We will call them. That's fine. Right. But the funny thing is that Barbie just looks like a Barbie with an outstanding over the top outfit. Let's grant <laughs> it. And that's cool. You know, that's fine for adults. But to say, well, this is a trans Barbie. It really isn't because that Barbie what? doesn't. Indeed, no, it well, doesn't have a penis. Also, Michelle, the problem too. Is no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I love that one. <laughs> the the other problem too is this really calls attention to the truth of what's happening here, and it's 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 leading to the, it's the sexualization of children. You know, you're you're basically trying to groom kids towards seeing women this way, um, with these ah, over sexual, yes, these over the top hair haircuts and these, you know, oversized, improportionate busts, right? Like. You know, every woman is different. And to say that, you know, this conformity here, this definition, this image and depiction of a woman is what you should live up to, especially for, you know, a little girl who's trying to figure out the world um, or, or a little boy is trying to figure out the world. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy that these brands are signing up for this, that they're investing money into these campaigns and into these mm -hmm. products. And frankly, it's irresponsible. And and I know this leads us to, to Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch uh, paying this new trans star, Dylan Mulvaney, tons came of came out of nowhere and has only been out a quote unquote woman for what, less than a year or something. The sad 365 days or something like that. Yeah. I know, I know he's been counting. So this, to me, this is, this is nuts. Um, because what, this is total gender appropriation. Dude has a, a, a what what do they call that bulge when they say yeah. a woman has a bulge? Well, he, he's a he, bulge. He, this, he, he literally had a TikTok video about <clears throat> quote normalizing the bulge, um, in his shopping and the shorts. Adam Apple and 
Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I think he did some some uh, cosmetic surgery to kind of shave that down a little bit. I know he did, he had like a procedure to yeah. sort of feminize his face. Um, and, and now here he is dressed like Audrey Hepburn, this skinny little dude who, um, you know, obviously is is finding a way to <clears throat> monetize the social contagion. You know, what if what if years from now we find we read like the biography of Dylan Mulvaney and he's like, I totally screwed over society and got super rich doing it. Well, of course, of course it did. I mean, right? Dylan here uh, gets this contract with Bud Light. But what I have a problem with, it, it's it, this kind of behavior takes women back against a hard fought bias. And here's why. One of the videos that it did was to say that Dylan did was to say, oh, March Madness? I guess that has something to do with sports. I'm going to tell you why that pisses me off to no end because as a sports reporter I've had to fight hard against bias I've had to go into a a locker room situation and get flashed by by the the guys there I don't think women belong in that in the locker room anyway when they're dressing and I you know so I I won't complain about that other than I didn't want to see your your junk dude but what (laughs) I will complain about is going into a presser and the the director of communications for a minor league hockey team said, well, you know, I think your questions show a certain naivete. Why? Because I have breasts? Yeah, pretty much. Right. That's the right. thing. We've had to fight hard to be more than just, hi, I'm cute, and I'm going to introduce the boys who are going to talk about sports. Exactly. We've had to t- really fight hard, and now we have someone pretending to be a woman perpetuating stereotypes of women that are exactly. harmful. I wrote to Bud Light and I'm going to put a link on wherever you're listening to this to connect with Bud Light and to tell them why they you think that perpetuating this kind of person is a harmful thing for women. I don't care what Dylan wants to do, but to normalize it, that kind of stereotype of women. I don't know. It's sports. Oh, I'm gonna oh is money. that a is that a football? Like, yeah, it's a Can freaking I football. I, yeah. Can I ask you a right. question? Just, yeah. just give me what you think on this. So. On top of everything Bud Light and even Nike, why is it that you have to perpetuate this with a white transgender woman? Why is this white transgender woman getting all of the attention? Why don't we see a BIPOC person? Why do you take a stereotype of a white chick? Right. That, that's a fair question, right? That's saying. a fair question. All right. But in that, Wait, and that's I, what the st- I need to step down from my soapbox. It's a hey, long it's a good, it's a step. Good, hey, it's a <laughs> it's it's a justified soapbox, Michelle. I mean, you did work your butt off, especially you know as a sports reporter. And so to see this person, this this man disguised as a woman, sitting here trying to water down basically everything that you worked to basically have credibility and and knowledge behind. Um, oh, is that March Madness? Is that a basketball competition? Yes, it's a basketball competition. Everyone knows it. I mean. It, it's it's a huge problem, and it's it's just. It's I'm not saying that there's not women, Boston. and I have lots of friends who would say that. But I'm going to tell you what I have guy friends who will say March Madness. What do you mean? They don't know. Sure. They don't care about sports, and that's fine. But it is a stereotype of it's women. Stereotype, yeah. The last job exactly. that I was at, many of you know what it was. I left 
for that very reason, because I was doing sports and, and they said, I don't know if we're really comfortable with a woman doing sports. Okay. Thank you very Man. much. Thank you. Sounds like discrimination. Much. Well, yeah. yeah it's like, even if she's capable and even if she asks fantastic questions and if the audience loves her, yeah, we think yeah, maybe we should have a, a dude fill that role. Really? Dude, that, that's, that's so absurd. Some, I mean, some of the best sports reporters are women. Um, some of the best sideline reporters are women. Like, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. It, it, oh, and it's been March hard Madness, fought. Uh, what's March Madness? <laughs> <laughs> and what we're seeing in sports as well is the Supreme Court made a ruling in West Virginia that a transgender athlete could compete on a female sports team. So there was a law in 2021. It's funny how fast all of this has exploded. It is. But uh, it was, it designated sports teams at public schools and universities according to their biological sex. Well, SCOTUS denied West Virginia's request to lift an injunction. There was an injunction against that. So this uh, young athlete could compete as a woman. Uh, and Becky SCOTUS denied Jackson. it. Yeah. And so the Supreme Court really provided no justification for its action. This does not mean it makes it the law of the land. Uh, pretty much the talk now is that, yeah, this is probably going to have to go to the Supreme Court. I right. don't think trans people want it to because um, it is going to cause such a fever with women who are being displaced. Here's how you could accelerate that, right? So you could literally have the entire, like, you could literally have the entire... LSU men's basketball team identify as women, go to the women's <laughs> side of the bench, and then just crush the NCAA. You know, just crush it. Um, like you could literally, like we could stand against this by basically calling attention to how ridiculous it is. Right? Have a bunch of dudes fill an entire line, like an, an entire bench, um, uh, and just say, "Oh yeah, well we're we're women today." There was actually a bodybuilding competition where a bodybuilding coach uh, entered the competition. Yes. He's a male. You saw that, right? Yeah. And, and then basically said he was a female for the day, crushed the competition, won it, and then obviously like was just trying to call attention to the absurdity of it. And he did, and he did a great job in doing that. Clarence Thomas um, said in asking the high court to allow uh, the law to take effect while the case plays out, um, he told the justices that this case implicates a question fraught with emotions and differing perspectives true words right <clears throat> that is all the more reason to defer to state lawmakers pending appeal the decision yeah. was the west virginia legislatures to make the end of this litigation will continue uh, and will confirm that it made a valid one and i agree so, with him because we're seeing cray cray happen all over justice thomas is doing he's basically reinforcing <clears throat> the power of individual states to make decisions for their jurisdictions he's trying to basically defer the federal government's ability to impose things on the entire country and then you saw the same thing with with abortion right People were like, oh, my gosh, you just you just basically outlawed abortion for every single state. No, the, the Supreme Court returned the power back to the states. And I think that's what Justice Thomas wants oh, to see. Oh, it's easy happen. to say that when you're an ignorant nation. Uh, but it's not just our nation. Canada, in Ontario, they proposed a bill to build LGBTQ safe zones and <laughs> fine people $25,000 if they say something that someone doesn't like. What is that all about? Uh, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, well, hurt feelings are now illegal. Oh, did I hurt your feelings? No, 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 no. <laughs> did I hurt your feelings? Oh. Do you want to, like, 
like it's like the sentence for that is like you must now give them 25 hugs <laughs> i prefer that i would absolutely prefer that we could do with a lot more hugging i am not gonna lie so yeah we're seeing a lot of crazy things there's a conservative activist if you know billboard chris he appeared this is um up in canada as well just north of me in vancouver bc he was uh, apparently violently attacked i'll see if i can find at least find the picture for those of you who are watching and if you are remember you can go to mymichellelive.com you can re-listen to this if you're listening live we clean things up i mean not that we're bad but you know we make it sound more professional at least I don't know how. We try to, yeah, we sort of polish <laughs> up our absurdities, but, um, you know, sometimes we're just like delightfully imperfect. <laughs> why not? It's okay. You know, we're human. So why, why do you think they're, guy, they're getting that kind of representation? I mean, it uh, clearly was uh, aggressive violence. You suck. You suck. You, you, you're not wanted. I don't think it's showing up really well, but the guy, you can see he's, totally attacked by the throat there billboard chris appeared to be violently assaulted okay so they called in the the police and the police after he gets throttled at the neck uh the police argued that both sides were at fault uh they pushed back on billboard chris's claim that he was peacefully protesting at the trans rally and they charged both so it's like yeah wow i mean it's on video that's so stupid i gotta say though um the canadian political violence seems way more polite than some of the american political violence (laughs) (laughs) certainly more than the french too like hey buddy like get down for that podium buddy they're so (laughs) nice up there i'm not gonna lie but what like is we're, we're dropping F-bombs and C-words, and they're just like, hey, friend, <laughs> stop that. <laughs> stop that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, we could take some notes from them. They, they, you know, it's like they got the manners class. I guess we missed that one. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, right? No kidding. Now, stop me, down from that, buddy. I think tell this us is a about... manifestation of what is... Oh, oh yeah, words of violence, right? Words right. of violence. So, you know, Politico has basically this list of words that you can't say. Um, they're trying to urge their writers to avoid certain terms. And, you know, Michelle, these are these are terms that are just so offensive, right? They're so offensive and violent. Words like mankind, words like biological ma- male, words that basically are violent and, and basically impact those who identify as trans. So wait a um, minute. If you identify as a biological male and you want to be identified as a biological male, according to Politico, they're not allowed. You're not allowed to to no, say that. It's assigned at basically. You have to say basically assigned at birth. Like you were assigned male at birth. You were assigned female at birth. You're not a biological male. You're not a biological female. You're not a mother. You're a birthing person. You were assigned male at birth. You were assigned female at birth. Teacher. It's all about. I have another question. So what, what happened to, oh gosh, how many years ago was it? Maybe eight years ago now to the March for Science and how they're science deniers. What happened well, to that? Are you I, talking about science or the science? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? okay. And so question this is answer. crazy. 
It's like, but you see now how Politico has been exposed, just like NPR recently got exposed for really kind of being an echo and really just kind of a, an amplifier for the left's narrative. Their, their, their efforts to, quote, elevate trans voices, you know, why do you have to elevate trans voices? How about you just elevate the best, most factual voices, you know, and, and bring awareness to maybe the the less good, less factual voices. You don't need to elevate any particular group. You need to elevate truth and the facts. But Politico, as a source of journalism, is failing to do that now with this this PC crap list that basically makes writers water down what they really want to use to describe certain stories that take place. You can't even say third world countries anymore with Politico. They want you to say things like, um, well, they think it's, it's a derogatory term, first of all, um, but I guess developing countries is more of a, a PC term for that. I mean, it's 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 just really crazy to see how we're getting away from truth and using this war of words to sort of continue to fuel the ridiculous social contagion that's taken over our country. Well, it certainly is an attack on freedom of speech. To be able to say what you wish to say with the words you wish to say, uh, void of maybe those seven words that'll that'll get you uh, fined on by the FCC, right? Well, those, those swear words. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, so so Michelle, just just here's one one more thing from the Politico story, because um, there's a guide in here for for reporters to to turn to. Um, and so basically the author of the guide, she said that uh, when describing abortion issues, consider using gender neutral language like people who seek abortions or patients who seek abortions rather than women who seek abortions as there are non-female identifying people who are able to become pregnant. Okay. So and like, this is, this is literally what we've come to. And this is why there's such a great pushback. And we're going to talk a bit about how do you defeat bullies. This really is about trans bullyism. Uh, there is a place where we're saying, you know, that's ridiculous. You want to be a man. I'll tell you what. Pink is for girls and blue is for boys is a social construct. It, that's a social construct. Your gender is not. And telling people that the only way that you are okay is if you uh, dress up as something else or you dress up in a dress and put on heels, if you lop things off and you're not beautiful the way you are, own who you are, be an effeminate man. That's different for a lot of people, but okay you shouldn't be killed you shouldn't be put to death you shouldn't be discriminated against if you're garish clean it up for work you know here's an example i was talking last night with carl and i was saying okay let's say that we lived out in the tundra or whatever out there in the wilderness and in alaska in a small community we all have to kind of work together and you do in those communities because if you don't work with your neighbors it could be dangerous so we're clearing out a mudslide but i identify is a very feminine woman so i have to go clear the mudslide in my high heels and my ball gown and you know my hair teased it's Don't not forget your gloves <laughs> No, but you're but you're offending me because I identify as a feminine woman. Well, identify as a as a community member, you know, be willing to break your nails, girlfriend, put on some work boots and, you know, pick up a shovel. 
Get to it, sister. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And on the same regard, there's a mental problem. If I feel like I have to go out there and work in my high heels and my long fingernails, there's a mental problem there. And there's a mental problem there if you feel as a as a man or as a woman that you have to dress a certain way. If it, right. you know, if if you're at well, work, you don't need to be bring attention to your mental issues or to your identification or who you sleep with. You're there for a job. It's a matter of practicality, right? Common freaking sense, practicality, and that's really it. And that's fine, you know. Life could be way less stressful if people just be more practical. Way less stressful. Like, you don't have to worry about all that crap. Just do what makes sense in the moment. I mean, if you're, if you're going out there to freaking do yard work, I don't think you want to wear high heels. I don't think you want to wear a fur coat. You probably want to wear, like, some athletic clothes and something that you can breathe in. <laughs> well, I'm, di- I'm just saying. So as we, t- <laughs> as we talk about this, we're going to talk about how to and how not to defeat a bully. So we're going to go into part two of our uh, broadcast today and give you some highlights of some things that are going on out there. One, this was an interesting one. There was a Christian mother who sued the state for denying adoption over her gender belief. She didn't just lay down and take it, Adam. No, she didn't. And God bless her for it. So this is a Christian mother who filed a complaint against people in the state of Oregon. Uh, Basically, she's frankly trying to adopt a child. And the state was denying her the ability to do so because this mother of five, basically, she has strong Christian beliefs. And the state, in a nutshell, wanted her to sort of conform to the LGBTQ agenda. The the state literally said that foster parents must respect, accept, and support the sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression of an adopted child. The the state was looking for her to explicitly affirm her, I would say, commitment to um, maintaining an LGBTQ affirming environment, even if it is in defiance of her strongly held religious beliefs. The the inclusion of that was that she would basically consent to attending LGBTQ community events, use LGBTQ affirming language, and things of that of that nature, including you pride must events. comply. That's also the problem. Go transgender ahead. treatment if requested. I mean, we're talking about hysterectomies for eleven year old girls, and <clears throat> you know, puberty blockers for for little boys and, and and little girls. That that's what she would have to consent to to adopt a child in the state of Oregon. That is illegal, man. I mean, that's not okay. The parent the parent has certain rights and the parent definitely has rights over that child in terms of how the child is cared for, how the child is educated. And here you have the state mandating how she's going to be a mom. Well, the, the concern with that okay. is, let's say you have a, a, a young child at home. So let's uh, say that we successfully bully people with the adoption issue. Now we're going to go after you, Adam, because we want to know how you are raising your biological son. Got a problem with that? My, oh, maybe you, you my... don't have a problem with that because you think, well, this is just the right thing to do. What happens when public opinion changes and we find that we don't like the way you raise your children suddenly? That's what happened in Nazi Germany. You know, we just right. sat, sat there and, well, we don't like it, but it's going after somebody else. It didn't work until it finally came after you. This is where we stand up for what's right. That's right. That's right. It, it's it's frankly like parents in general are going to be the catalyst behind a lot of these changes because it's it's the battle is at home right now. 
I mean, the battle is literally at home. We're fighting for the soul and for the future of our children. And man, if you really want to change this country, you piss off the parents, you piss off the moms, and you <laughs> weaponize us with knowledge, and we will stand together and we will fight for what's right. And that's what's happening now. And that's why you see rowdy school board meetings. That's why you see you know, parents coming together and literally getting in buses, as I'm doing next Tuesday, to go down to the state capitol and make sure our lawmakers are held accountable when it comes to passing laws that protect families and protect kids. This is all about our future. And if we're going to be soft on these issues, our future is going to be a very, very murky one. Make so sure we have you to watch be very on Wednesday. Make sure you watch or listen on Wednesday. We will be going live as Adam uh, gives us insight into what's going on in that rally. I want to go through, for the interest of time, some other ways that people are fighting back against the bullying, uh, particularly trans bullying, but also some of the other issues that were being bullied into compliance. A North Carolina Democrat decided to switch parties. They, she said that if you don't do exactly what the Dems want you to do, they will try to bully you. A Stanford president, you know that we've talked about this issue where uh, a justice, a Supreme Court justice was shouted down at the school. This Stanford president promised to protect free speech in a letter to staff and students. Good for you. I wonder how long he'll last. A California public school, (laughs) as we mentioned, are experiencing a mass exodus, and that's affecting their schools, but student enrollment is way down as families evacuate to blue states. The Florida Senate is passing a bill protecting minors from gender reassignment surgery. Kansas and Arkansas are passing uh, legislation protecting the rights of men and women in bathrooms. And then we have the Biden administration who is all kinds of confused on this. Well, let's see, we got to step in somehow. Uh, They're trying to put together legislation that would prohibit wholesale bans on trans athletes, but uh, would be excluded in some cases. So basically, it's okay if you're K through 12 to identify as whatever and play wherever you want. But in college, well, there could be some places where we need to level the playing field. Problem with that is you're not going to get into college if you're not being able to compete in high school. Problem. Yes, it definitely is. It seems like Florida is one of the states that's most aggressively doing the right thing when it comes to fighting this fight. You know, it, it's from the governor down to the to the to the state legislature. They they are really doing the things that they need to do to protect kids. And and I love how they kind of like position it. And this is, you know, in, in a way, a word of wars, right? It went from the don't say gay bill to now on this side of the fence, we're saying bills that allow children to be children. Like that's that's the bottom line. That's what Florida is doing. They're trying to kids. allow children to be children. Yeah, let right. kids be kids, kids be and kids. let parents run the show. <clears throat> uh, yeah, try to remind those teachers that they're there to to teach and not to indoctrinate. Amen, my brother. Amen. So those are ways that are good ways to fight back against the bullying. Some bad ways, we're seeing parents kind of just lose it. A statue of David, you know, because it's 
kind of anatomically correct. You know, it shows that they're, I mean, on one hand, you want men to be men and women to be women. You got a statue that shows a man as a man. And now you're like, oh, this is, we can't let this happen. You know, we've got to ban um, classics. You're going off the rails. Parents saying, oh, we can't let our our families watch Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, that's, there, there's a, a complete difference there. We're, we're watching something that, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, it's a, a dad who's just trying to see his kids, you know, and he goes through yeah. outlandish means to do it. There, there are places where we're just going oh, maybe a little too far. Check yourself. I'm not going to judge you. You got to do you for your family. But sometimes when we panic, we go off the rails. There's no need to panic. Just stand yeah. on the side of logic, stand on the side of right, stand on the side of good faith that loves everybody but isn't afraid to challenge what's wrong. I'm just saying that. We should and, be able to listen to Steven Tyler saying, dude looks like a lady. <laughs> like we should be able to listen to that and just like enjoy the music, I'd you know? Laugh. Just laugh. <laughs> you have one more news story. Yeah, one more news story for the day, guys. So um you know about that that news outlet NPR, right? Well, this is just um, this has been just making people melt down, and it's hilarious. So Elon Musk over there at Twitter, when you look at NPR tweets, you will now see it labeled as state affiliated media, just like the state affiliated accounts that the Russian government controls, that the Iranian government controls, that the Chinese government controls. You know, NPR, we've all known this for a long time. NPR is funded by the government. It gets government grants to run operations. Um, and they say that just a small percentage of that is direct. Well, that's because all of the outlets, all the, the media outlets that syndicate NPR's content pay NPR money that actually was also given by a grant from the government. So NPR will sit here and say, oh, no, 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 just a small percentage of our of our money actually comes from the U.S. government. No, no. A small percentage comes directly from the government. A huge percentage of your of your revenue comes indirectly from the government via all of your partners. So now, when you when you look at the news and the content being spread by NPR, you will know that it is often very, very heavily biased. It's it's in favor of the existing powers to be. So when you see content coming from NPR and you see them posting stories um, about, you know, like like using Yoel Roth from Twitter as an authority when he's saying that Twitter is not biased, or this is pre-Elon Musk, by the way, that Twitter is not biased. Twitter really does, doesn't work with the government at all. They have no affiliation with the FBI, even though they have the same general counsel that used to be over there at the FBI. Nothing now you know her. when you see their tweets, it's a little bit more transparent. So when you see NPR's coverage and you see their social media content, take it with a grain of salt and find another source to fact check it. Yeah, state-affiliated media, as opposed to all the other, other mainstream media, which is state-sponsored media. Um, so <laughs> it's all the more reason why you need to stay tuned to Weekend Review. We're going to unspin the garbage that's out there, try to get to the truth, and give you commentary that looks for the God story. But here's an encouragement for you. If you have a message that's just burning inside of you, you feel like you, there's one of these things maybe that we talked about today you're passionate about and you want to get the word out i want to help you do that and when there is a a bias in the media when there's a shutdown of messages people crave to hear the truth even more i wrote the book find your voice to help you understand that to help you understand how to get your message out there how to cultivate that voice and what you need to truly be heard this 
pro-level stuff needs to be shared with everyday people so everyday people can get out there, get your voice heard, and make a difference before it's too late. We are at the end of our program. Adam, bring us home. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. We uh, really just love bringing the news to you and helping unspin it. Uh, Michelle and I, we hope you guys will check out MyMichelleLive.com. By all means, please share these content, these these episodes with your friends, your family. Like, subscribe us, listen to us on all the podcast stations. And, uh, you know, you can always find us at the website, right, where there's also a great thing called the merch store. Get some My Michelle Live gear and definitely, definitely add some value to your brain. Read Michelle's book. It's full of great brain power, and it'll help you do your thing, guys. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.